You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Welcome to Inside the Man Box. I'm Rick Fry. This podcast is brought to you by Oneness Ministries, grace-based, hope-filled, and spirit-led counseling. Go to our website at oneness-ministries.org. Also, we're brought to you by Marshall Fencing. They are the premier residential and commercial fence company based in Oklahoma City metro area. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or drop by and see them at 9513 South Shields. Thank you for tuning in. We have, I think, a pretty exciting show today. My guest is Mark Voth. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Very much looking forward to it. Yeah, we should be good. Today's topic is finding community outside of the church. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I uh, I guess I started off as a Methodist. I recall that my parents were Methodists, and um, I don't remember going to church when I was a little kid, not until we became Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started going every Sunday, Sunday evening, and Wednesday. And I remember the Sunday school lessons, and they gave us the little envelopes where we put our quarter in every Sunday, and that was what I did for years. And then um, a lot of things changed. Tell us about your experience. Uh, my background growing up, uh, I, my parents were more non-denominational, uh, charismatic, um, grew up in rural Oklahoma where there wasn't much. I mean, if you were Assembly of God, you were Baptist, you were uh, where I grew up, uh, Mennonite. Uh, or Midnight Brethren, um, that, that, that was it. And uh, so we didn't go to church a lot. We went to church on TV, um, Copeland. Really? And, and things like that more than anything. And uh, got into high school and found a youth group in a, you know, kind of a non-denominational church, not too terribly far from the house. But uh, so that's kind of it. I, I grew up with that, that background. Uh, beyond that, uh, the family is very much – my extended family, aunts, uncles, grandparents were all Assembly of God. Oh, and really? Yeah, I kind of came out of that. Yeah, so not so yeah. much heavy into the prayer language, although I think it does happen in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. AG churches. AG Pentecostal. Yeah. You know, um, so we we come out of that, and, um, you know, my parents were, were pulling away from that as we were growing up and trying to um, see in a little bit more then, and, uh, you know, we just kind of went, you know, further kept growing from there so yeah i don't want to offend anybody but did you find that denomination a bit legalistic uh, i think most of them are <laughs> but yeah. yeah um it it didn't didn't seem to matter to me to be honest uh wherever i went in churches um even as an adult it, you fall into legalism pretty mm-hmm. pretty strong so it's about the performance absolutely and less about the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I found that as uh, my wife and I, Brittany and I, um, going to church as a married couple. And, you know, we, we were going to a big non-denominational church uh, for a while, and we loved it. And mm-hmm. we burn out. <laughs> and because uh, we were just doing, you know, what do you do? It seemed like it was always more what we could do, 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 and mm-hmm. um, the, the legalistic aspects of it. That I would have never seen then, never would have thought about it then. Or, But now you look back and you're like, man. And we were steeped in it too. But you did experience the burnout. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Could you could you figure out why you were burning out or was it just I, I think at the time I don't know that I really did. I just knew 
I grew up knowing who Holy Spirit was. Yeah. And my parents taught us about Holy Spirit and that we're to, he's the guide our lives. And I knew there was something not right. And I didn't feel right about it. I felt guilted into it. I felt condemnation. And that's really where I knew, I knew I was feeling condemned. Um, Feeling condemned about, I didn't pay my first fruits. I didn't, I missed Sunday or I missed two Sundays, you know, or, or Wednesday night when I was supposed to serve, I didn't go. And, and there was just, and not necessarily that all the people were, were doing that to me, but I felt it. And, and that really weighed on me. And that's where yeah. it really started. Like what's, there's not, there's something not right here. There's something not right with this. You said something very interesting. You were not paying your first fruits. What does that mean? Oh, uh, tithe. Um, or if I, if I missed it, you know, I, I got paid on Friday and oh my God, I went, I went to Walmart and bought groceries before I paid my 10% to God. And that uh, seems a little backwards. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, but that's where I was at the time. And I yeah. thought, Oh, I got to give my money to God first before yeah. I do anything well, else. And, well, and, we and, all have you know, gone and, through that. <laughs> and, I certainly uh, have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I believe in giving. I, I do too. But I believe in a Holy Spirit led giving, and right. uh, and to me it was it was a chore, yeah. and and that burnt me out on on that more than anything is. I got to write this check. I got to do this. It became a just a legalistic thing you're doing every week. You and, have to. And I yeah. found like more and more of what I was doing in the church, my serving in the church was I got to do this. I got to do this for God, and you know that just man, I, you crash you do. eventually. Eventually you do, unless that becomes your belief system. Yeah. And it never became, I mean, I, I bought into it. I felt guilty when I didn't. Uh, I yeah. felt shamed. That I don't know that anybody really shamed me, but I felt shame mm-hmm. because I wasn't yeah. following the rules. That That's that's right. That's me too. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, there were some good people at the church oh we were at. Oh my gosh, and, yes. You know, they. I never really felt them condemn me. And... Uh, uh, for for any of it, you know, some of them might not have ever even known, but you know, there's. I look back at that past now, and there's only one person in my life still from that from that time. Really, only one pastor, and we we volunteered all the time. We knew a lot of people. There's only one of them that still has it has has a connection and will contact us. How you doing? How's Brittany doing? How are the kids doing? We love you guys. You know, all the rest of them are kind of just. Where'd they go? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a big mystery to the to the modern church is the back door. Yeah. How many people come into the front and how many are going out the back? Yeah. And I think they I I haven't I, I don't know this for sure, but I think they now started um measuring that. And so what they do is work harder to get more people there mm. because of the people they're losing. I heard it's a statistic the other day and take it for what it's worth. I kind of believe it, but this guy said 2,700 people a day are leaving the church. I, I believe it. I mean, honestly, uh, and not the bash the church churches, the, the premises, I get it, but you know, it seems to me we're, uh, we're setting people up for failure a lot of times. And, right. uh, you see it's a gimmick. What gimmick are we going to use to get you into church and to get and, your money and to get your money yeah. and to, to get you to follow suit with the, the will of the pastor? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are good. Some of their visions are good, yes. but 
um, you will come in and you'll submit to their vision. I, I don't think this is an issue. I don't think this has become an issue about what's good or bad. I think it's an issue of, is it relevant to yeah. who we are today? To, to, um, to what the real gospel means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, and, and I don't want to church bash either because a, a lot of good stuff is happening in the church and Absolutely. God is using it. Absolutely. But I think the fact that pe- so many people are um, leaving, I was going to use the word escaping, <laughs> but I decided not to. <laughs> not. I'm a tower of restraint. Yes, yes. But so many people are leaving the church. I think there's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, my personal opinion is, where's Jesus? Where's love? Um, church talks a good talk on message of love, but um, we can just look out our doors right now today and what's going on in this country today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where is the church? Yes. I, I, I mean, it. it it's so much about this building that you're sitting in on a Sunday morning and not the people in it and loving the people because there's people in that church building every Sunday morning who, who, who are hurting bad, mm-hmm. but they're not getting that love that they need. They're not realizing they're not being taught who they are. <laughs> yeah. They're not being taught who they are, that they are a son and daughter of, of God and, and what his love really is. And man, I, you're never going to change people with a message. Mm-hmm. You're going to change them with love. And that's what Jesus did. He, <laughs> I, I, I commented this on uh, the last podcast I did, a verse in John 14, and I think it's the first verse, and Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Um, I think the word if is the most mistranslated word, word in Scripture because as I did a word study on that, the word ought to be since, since you love me, because I love Christ. Mm-hmm. The disciples whom he was talking to loved him. So I think the word if is not the right word for that. Since you love me, you will keep my commands. And what are the commands? That they are love. Yeah, They are to love God with all your soul, all your heart, and all your mind. Yeah. Mind? Yeah, mind. Yeah. Um, and... The, uh, the good news about that is that he supplies the love. Absolutely. He supplies everything. He supplies everything. <laughs> you know, we're, we're here, um, but he supplies everything. He did it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just, we're just kind of basking in it, so to speak, and living in it. And um, we're in oneness with him. That's exactly you know, uh, right. There's no separation between, he's not a, I read a deal yesterday and it was talking about uh, um, having a savior friend. You know, you know, your best friend, Savior, you know, that, you know, a lot of people actually believe, you know, Jesus, we're best friends. We're great. Well, it's more than that. That's that creates separation between you and him Mm -hmm. and him and I are one, you know, the Trinity. I'm right in the middle of it. You know, you're you're right in the middle of it. You know, there's God, the father and and Jesus and Holy Spirit. And Mark's right there in the middle of it with him. You know, (laughs) I'm not a God, but. They made me in the middle of them. That's right. And we are one with them. And there's no separation from them. And um, when we start to lose focus on that, when we start to realize, when we start separating ourselves, because he never separate from us. But we'll, you know, we we try, I think, sometimes, maybe not consciously, but. (laughs) Well, we grew up with separation theology. Yeah. That God's up in heaven. 
watching us, waiting for us to make a mistake so that he can smash us with something. Yeah. And I worked my butt off trying to do what I thought would make God happy. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's impossible. You fail. You fail. You, you're, you said it while ago, you're set up for failure when you try to achieve what you think God wants you to achieve yeah. because I can't do it. And I said this the other day as well. The whole Old Testament is 5,000 years of God saying, you guys can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. You can't do it. Sermon on the Mount was, he took it to the next step of saying, you can't do yeah. it. That's yeah. why we need Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, tell me about your family. Um, married 18 years. 18 years. Um, you look old enough to be married 18. <laughs> um, four kids will do that to you, too. Oh, yeah, but, uh, that's true. Uh, oldest and just got got his driver's license. Oh, so my gosh. That's a, that's a new, uh, you know, and there's a new realm of trust right there oh. in, in, in God. You yeah. know, God, because uh, got a 14-year-old. Just started high school this year, too. Uh, then uh, our little girl, uh, 12 years old, and uh, our youngest is just turned 11. So they're all right there, pretty close together. But three boys, um, one little girl. Uh, we've uh, live out in Yukon. We've been God, we've been out of the church now for about, I won't say five years. Wow. Um, and it was hard at, at first, very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were totally tied in and connected. Mm-hmm. And we lost all that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to meet a few people along the way. And they introduced us to a few more people that we could kind of have a little little circle still of, of, of people to talk to and, and fellowship with. But uh, Well, that's the topic, you know, finding community, because that's what we want. Yeah. We want community. We need it. We, need we it. are designed for community. Yeah. Um, we both have been involved in Andrew Farley's ministries. Yeah. And uh, I still listen to him, but um, the word but, I don't know why, where the <laughs> word but came from. I still listen to him and I still love his message. Um, there are some things that I disagree with, but. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, pretty much everybody I listen to, I, you can probably find something. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, that's true. That's kind of life. I think that's, and I'm, I have to say things that people are going to disagree with. I mean, that's part of growing. Well, and I'm sure people are disagreeing with stuff we're saying right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you they but are. I work really hard. And I think I, I think you do too, is not being the theology police. Yeah. I don't want to be the police of what theology. No. I just, what I want is to be more involved in my relationship with Holy Spirit, with yeah. God through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And through Christ. That, I mean, that's key. Another another statistic of why people go to church is so that they can be closer to God. That's the number one reason why people go to church. Yeah. What is the truth? You can't get closer to God. That's exactly right. <laughs> he is in you. Yeah. You can't get closer to God. And, uh, you know, you just said it there with Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an everyday thing trying to allow him to lead me. Allow him to advise me, her, however you want to, however mm-hmm. you want to quantify Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, he's relevant. Holy Spirit is so relevant. And I think that's part of the reason maybe the church isn't so relevant because the Holy Spirit's been ostracized for years. And my experience was that we worked Holy Spirit during service. Pray yeah. that he come <clears throat> down, that he, that he be involved, that he move the people and there's no place for him to come down from, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. And as a counselor, I hear this frequently. 
um, they, they give it a numerical order. I want to put God first, then put my family, then my church, then work. Who came up with the numerical order? God is, and that's it. Yeah. He is in yeah. you. That's <clears throat> it. There's no, there's no hierarchy. He is in you. He lives in you. He resides in you. And that's, that's again, is in John 14, mm-hmm. that he will abide in us forever. Yeah. You can't send him out of your life. Yeah. Because if that could happen, I would have done it. Oh, I would have too, a long time ago. <laughs> he'd, he'd run away. Yeah. He'd run away. I mean, uh, you take me back to the Old Testament. I, they'd have stoned me a long time ago. Oh, um, yeah. The, just uh, the, the Ten Commandments frightened the crap out of me. Yeah, I can't do it. They should because you can't. You can't I, do it. I broke them all. I mean, even put no other god above me. Who? What Christian hasn't broke that one? Yeah. I mean, we do it every day, not consciously, but you do when you get up in the morning and you start your day off. I mean, are you putting God first? You know, maybe maybe you got up and you were spiritual and spent thirty minutes in the Bible. I didn't do that this morning. I didn't either. But uh, um, doesn't mean he's not effervescent in my life and ever present yeah. in my life because yeah. he is, he and is. Uh, I know that. I see it every day. Um, I see his grace as we go out through the day. And um, just as things happen, you know, simple things throughout your day, I'm like, oh, that was, that was strange. That wasn't the outcome I was expecting mm-hmm. to, to, a, to a great degree. You know, it was so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that, that can only be the work of God. That can only be the work of the Holy Spirit just moving. Just moving. And uh, he does it. And, uh, man, it's it, – once you finally figure that out, it really starts changing your life. When you finally figure out that he's not leaving, um, I don't care, you know, uh, where you go, he's not leaving. He's going with you. I don't, I don't care if what you, it's Friday night. Yeah. You're going to go bar hopping tonight, but you, but you love Jesus. Guess what? He's with he's, you. He's not leaving you. Yeah. And I'm not saying go bar hopping tonight, but um, <laughs> by all means, because as Holy Spirit is, indwells in you, as Jesus indwells in you, mm-hmm. your heart changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where true change comes. Although, I don't have necessarily have a problem with going bar hopping. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not my intent to. I mean, I don't do it. But yeah. if somebody wants to, but yeah. knock yourself out. Yeah, I don't think it's profitable. Yeah, to get drunk, but you certainly have the freedom to drink. So I don't. You know. Yeah, I just. I'm not the judge of that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the judge of it. No, I enjoy I a good beer now and then. Yeah, I no problem at all with it. And yep. I've just, uh, you know, I but that's been vilified for so many years. Yeah, and you know it. Rightfully so, wrongfully so, whatever you make that decision, I'm not going to make it. But, right. But I, but I know if I make that decision, if I make that wrong decision, Jesus is with me. Even in that wrong decision, he's with me. Now, he will work through me and try to turn that around, but he's with me. All of us are fully capable of doing something stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, that a sin? Um, you know, I think sin is unbelief. And so I was going to say in the New Testament, I think the, the sin is, is unbelief. Is unbelief, yeah. So if you do something stupid, I mean, that's the beauty of confession. You go, oh, oh I did that. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And I don't know how you hear God, but I just hear him in my head. I just hear yeah. him. Um, and he says, I know you did that. And here's the truth. That's not consistent with who you really are. Yeah, absolutely. You say, and that's kind of way I hear it. And sometimes it's, it's it's strange. He speaks to me through music a whole lot. Really? Through music a whole lot. And sometimes it's even a song that I'll be listening to, and I'll just be, I didn't used to do this. I just used to listen to the Christian music and go along with it. But now I listen to every word of the song, and sometimes hypercritically, and I'm just picking it apart. Uh-huh. And there was a song on the other morning, and it was just singing about he can't, how I can't get enough of you. 
and but it was singing from the perspective of of us. Get, well, I can't get enough of you, God. Yeah. And well, that sounds beautiful, but Holy and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, that's probably not really true because I go throughout my day every day, and I don't. That's not what I'm where my concentration is. Something right. where my focus is. Right. But Holy Spirit clearly spoke to you, Mark. I can't get enough of you. That is and now, awesome. Through a word that I didn't agree with in the song and where it was coming from, Holy Spirit spoke plain as day as Mark. No, the truth is, I can't get enough of you. You are my son. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of you. That's awesome. And I never will. Yeah. We're, I'm here. That's beautiful. You know, that is beautiful. Um, I was going to make a point, but I lost it. <laughs> what brought you to commit your life to Christ? Um, Man, that's all I've known my whole life. Really? My mom and dad love the Lord with all their heart. And, you know, like I said, they they come out of uh, Assembly of God Church and a pretty religious background. And it wasn't right. They knew it wasn't right, what they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. They kind of got into the non-denominational thing. And, but they taught us about Jesus from an early age. You know, and uh, my mom will tell stories about when I was four and five years old. And I, I told her, well, I'd always tell her what I was going to do when I was growing up. And I was like, I'm going to lead people to Jesus, mm. you know, and have I done that? Am I a pastor? No. Um, but I, Jesus is the most important thing in the world to me. It, he, he's everything to me because mm-hmm. everything in my life comes from him. And I know everywhere I'm going in life will be with him. And so even from an early age, I knew a Jesus and I knew Holy spirit. And, uh, because that's what I was taught. My parents taught me about him and how good he is. And I've always known God is good. No matter what's going around me, God's good. He's not these other things. He is good. Yeah. And always, yeah, always and faithful and faithful. And that honestly, as I've grown older, that led me to question a lot more things too, because, um, I, I watched, I don't know about you, but I, I, I almost tear up when I'm watching TV and I see the St. Jude's commercials come on and, kids with cancer mm-hmm. or I hear a pastor say God needed another angel. And that just goes all through me. I'm like, no, his will is that we live, we live a long life, a satisfied life that we have heaven. Now mm-hmm. our life is not to live, to get to heaven, but we're to have it now. Amen. And his best for us and death and cancer. And these things are not it. So knowing that I fully believed he is a good God. I could never rationalize in my mind. How is a good God? let this happen so that's where a lot of my questions started and that's where i started i think kind of pulling away and and you mentioned andrew and i read the naked gospel Mm -hmm. i love that book that's one of the first books that really started me kind of on the path and 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 joseph prince Mm -hmm. and he was really the first my first grace experience where i really started learning it Mm -hmm. and then i got into farley and it's moved on there and from others and i still listen to those guys a little bit too and but there's so many others that now I, i i tap into and there's some people out there that I listen to that I know some of my friends, even in Grace Community, would probably think, well, maybe that's a little out there, Mark, but I like to hear it. I want to hear that perspective. And I filter everything through Holy Spirit. What are you ministering to me? What are you delving to me here? You know, and I let Holy Spirit kind of filter it for me. Because awesome. And I think everything's got to be filtered through Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And the Bible itself has got to be filtered through Holy Spirit because, man, we've shown we can screw that up if we don't allow him to rightly divide it. Well, yes. <laughs> well, but, and here's what you're describing. You talked about, I want to lead people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That indicates uh, a life of evangelism. And so what you're describing is evangelism lifestyle. 
that your life is what is what is evangelistic. Your lifestyle, yeah. the things you think, the way you behave, um, that to me is more attractive than somebody coming out and giving me a tract yeah. oh. or, or somebody coming out and say, do you know Jesus? Now, what is your life like? You're asking me if I want to know Jesus. I want to see what your life is like. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. 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 And I, I think the greatest, the greatest story of, uh, of Jesus is just, um, you know, in the, in the worst times of my life, I still knew he was with me. Mm-hmm. There was a time where I was, I was, I was done quite frankly, you know, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't want this no more. I didn't, I, I was in that, uh, belief that, uh, I just want to get to heaven. Yeah. God, I'm one out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I had some depression issues and other things were going on and, and Brittany and ours marriage and stuff like that. And we had all kinds, we had all kinds of issues and I was just done. But the one thing it held on to at that time was God is good. Mm-hmm. That's been a resounding point in my life throughout is God is good. And if God is good, this is not for me. And I have victory over this already. Mm-hmm. And there'd be, it would, I would just get a, a, a text message or a phone call through that time. Wow. You know, yeah. and, or, or somebody would just come visit me that I needed to hear mm-hmm. that I needed to see. And that just kind of encouraged me mm-hmm. and got me through those times. And, um, but the, the main thing I knew, you just, sometimes you just need a hug. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's true. There was a time, there was that's a true. night I was sitting. Just and as my, guys, we don't admit that yeah, very often. But I sit in my chair and I just felt all alone in the world. Mm-hmm. And I've got a beautiful wife and four great kids, but I felt all alone in the world. And the only thing I could feel was the warmth. You could feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit just loving you. Mm-hmm. I'm here, Mark. Mm-hmm. And that totally revolutionized my life. Yeah. And um, through that time, there was one minister who called me, who emailed me. And uh, he lives in Lubbock, Texas. And I'd met him one time before mm-hmm. then. Tell us who it is. I'd be Andrew Farley. Yeah. One time I'd met the man, mm-hmm. met him through another mutual friend, and I got to spend a couple days with him in yes. Lubbock. And you want to know a story about that? He called me and told me to reach out to you. Yeah. And that, that guy. Oh, he didn't tell me. He asked me to. <laughs> but that, yeah. that one time. And then. And that's how we met. And that's how we met. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, uh, it, it was phenomenal. I couldn't believe this guy who's six hours away in Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. or seven, however far that is, cares about me and my wife and my children. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just following what Holy Spirit was telling him to do. Mm-hmm. He was being obedient. Mm-hmm. And. That means more to me than anything in the world. Amen. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, you know, and, and like I said, that got me connected with, with you and Lori. And mm-hmm. and uh, then, you know, through you guys, we met Steve, mm-hmm. Steve Eden, and his ministry has been great uh, for us, too. And when we do actually don the doors of church, we drive out to Choctaw <laughs> and, that's, and that's, check him out. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Choctaw is 45 minutes away from yeah. us. And so it's, Same it's an hour and a half. Plus, you can't be a part of a community yeah, there. That's, so that's the biggest thing is yeah. my kids can't get involved because yeah. it's Wednesday night. And, yeah. um, you know, it's hard. But yeah. it, that I love that church. If we live closer, yep. we'd, we'd be there all the time. Yep. We, we would enjoy it. And I, I never felt the... I never felt the condemnation there. No. You know, I don't, not it, that's not in him. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. We talked a little bit about... Um, and you didn't use this term, but I certainly have used it in the past, the grace message. Um, I, I, I was committed 
to the grace message. And then Holy Spirit came to me, and, you know, however he talks to me, I hear it. He says, you know that grace can't be a message? Lifestyle. Yeah. Grace can't be something you achieve. Grace can't be um, something you move toward because you, it is a gift. It is God's gift to us. Therefore, you can't achieve it. Yeah. And therefore, it can't be a message because once it becomes a message, then it's about me giving grace as a message. Yeah. Now, we can talk forever about the second covenant, which is what we're under. Mm-hmm. And in that covenant, God promised himself that we would be a part of him. And that's the grace. Um, and and I've, I've since, and I've had this discussion with Drew uh, Farley that, you know, we can't have a grace message. It is not a message. It is a truth. Mm-hmm. It is an identity um, causing relationship. And they've since changed what they say from a grace message to the second covenant. Um, and I don't think it was because of me, but I think they all thought through this thing. And there was a lot of people who um, resented using grace as a message. So all that to say, um, grace is not achievable. You can't achieve grace because it is God's gift to us. Yes. And without Christ, without what Christ has done, we can't, we can't get to it. It is given to us. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us about your, you talked a little bit about your depression. How did that start? Bad choices. Um, and if you, if I think back farther, it's probably more so a lack of understanding of who I am, who's, whose I am. Mm-hmm. Um, identity crisis, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get that uh, I'm a child of God, that I'm a joint heir, that all these beautiful things are mine that I'm to have heaven on earth. I've heard those things. I'd heard those things, but I didn't get it. I didn't necessarily believe it. And, uh, and through a series of bad choices on my part, and you know, it just spiraled and, uh, you just get lower and lower and you screw up and, and, and then you, I'm supposed to be better than this. I've always been a good Christian. I know better than this. Why am I doing this? Why am I making this mistake? I'm a good Christian. And my confidence was in my ability and not in what Jesus did, but my ability to uh, overcome my sin, my, my weakness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't do it. And in knowing I should be better believing I'm supposed to be a good Christian and knowing I'm not who everybody thinks I am. I couldn't take it. Got to you. I couldn't take it because I'm not, I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart I loved Jesus. And I knew in my heart that that he was the answer. Mm -hmm. I knew in my heart that if I died today, I'd be with him. Mm -hmm. Or that even if I took a bunch of pills and it was over, I'd be with him Mm -hmm. because he loved me and I love him. That's the only thing I knew. But I, but I knew I was, I was failing him. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's where I was at. I'm failing Jesus. 
I'm a terrible witness. These people out here think I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to be a good person. And if they knew what I've done, if they knew what I've said or thought, that, that's all it could take. They'd and kick I, you out. They'd kick me out. They'd yeah. have nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I, that kind of. That is, you know, I'm going to ask a question. What if God allowed the depression so that he could move you into the relationship with him? I think God uses everything. Yeah. I think he, he allows this world to, to turn. Yeah. Um, but he'll use every part of it yeah. for our good. Use every part of it for so our good. I'm going to step out on the limb here and say I think your depression was a gift. It, you look back on it, and you can say that. Yeah, yeah. It it, it revealed Jesus in a way that, uh, and, and Holy Spirit and God in a way that maybe I didn't know him. Maybe I should have known him that way, but I didn't. But you didn't. And, and he goes, and it revealed it. Yeah, and, and he said, "Here's what I'm going to use to get Mark." Yeah, yeah. And uh, then then uh, oh, it was it was probably a few years later. I I uh, I got turned on to William Paul Young. In the shack, yeah, and I still will watch that movie, and it'll just make me cry. Oh, it's a great movie. You want to know why it's a great movie? Because of Wayne Jacobson, William Paul Young. God bless him for, and God used the idea is mm-hmm. an inclusionist. Mm-hmm. They're one step away from universalists. Yeah, and uh, and that means that everybody's saved. Well, yeah, without without confessing to Christ. Yeah, um, but Wayne Jacobson, Paul William Paul Young went to Wayne Jacobson and said, help me write this. Yeah. And he did. And it became the story that it is and that, and the beautiful movie that we get to yeah. watch. Yeah. And I just, but you know, and that just, when I saw that movie, it just took me to another level. Oh my, my gosh. Oh my God. Yes. And, and when I first heard about it, I'm calling God Papa. What is this? This is weird. <laughs> but I love it now because that is so intimate. Well, the Bible calls him Dada. Yeah. He's Abba. Abba, yeah, he's, he's Daddy God, yeah, and and yeah, I was already there, but the Papa thing just—I don't, I don't know—but now I, I love it because if I think in terms of the natural and my kids call my dad Papa, mm-hmm. and when I look at see how my dad looks at my kids or how I look at my kids, and that ad- adoration, that love, that you're mine, and I'll do whatever for yes, you. Yes, and when I when you put that in terms of God, it's like. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. He is Papa. He is Papa. He is Papa. And he is there for whatever, whatever we need in the moment. And I think they talk about that in the movie where she tells him, well, I'm, you needed a dad today. Mm -hmm. So he was that figure in your life today. One of the lines I remember from that is when, uh, what was the main character's name? Was uh, it Matt? Oh gosh. I don't think that was, I don't don't think think so, but I can't, but But when he first met the, the character who, was God was mm-hmm. a woman. Yeah. And he said, why are you a woman? And the, this character, the woman said, well, knowing your past, I didn't think you could handle a man. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolute. And so it, God gives us what we need. Yes. To, to, um, develop the relationship. Yeah. And that threw me too. But then yeah. I began to realize, wait a minute. No, it's, it's right. Yeah. Why am I putting God in this box? Yeah. In the man box. In the man box. <laughs> but why am I? Hey, putting, wait a minute. <laughs> but why? Why am I putting God in this little box? Because he's he's so much more. Yeah. And uh, but those kind of things just revolutionized my life and gave me a new perspective on how to live and um and just realize just 
just how good God is. I, I love, I, man, I just love that movie. It just, I, mm-hmm. I've never seen a representation of the goodness of God better than the way it's done in that movie. I don't watch it because I cry through most of it. Oh, I do too. I hate I crying. And it, it yeah. you know, it, another thing it did for me is when it put um, the dad in there on the judgment seat and you judge. Yeah. Oh my God. So that, that, yeah. that, that flipped me out. Yeah. Like, oh my, I, yeah. I get it now. I get it now. I can't, that's why we can't sit and judge other people because. I don't care who you are on this planet. You're his child and he loves you and his will is for you to be with him. He don't want, you know, he don't, he don't want to condemn you. No, he, he doesn't wants, want to. He no. wants to bring you all in and I don't care what you've done here, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, that, it just blew my mind and all that kind of stuff is where it really got me spinning yeah. and, and then meeting people like, like yourself and, oh, you. um, and you know, when you guys had that little Sunday night, meeting going for a while and just listening to I, man Brittany and i enjoyed that so much because we just the wisdom we were able to to listen and hear from from all you others who have experienced things and i love it i just love to sit there and just take it in yeah it was awesome that was a great time yeah um let's see i've i've been i haven't asked any questions that's on my sheet because <laughs> I, I like to run my mouth a lot <laughs> no, you're doing great um, and you've answered this question. Um, what do you think limits you, Mark? Now, everybody says myself. I don't know that I believe that. I believe, well, maybe I do a little bit, but. Uh, a, a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. What do you want to know? What What's there not to know? Yeah. Um, but a lack of knowledge, you know, God says my children perish from a lack of knowledge. Yeah. So, therefore, if I have knowledge, what can I not do? What can I, can I not live forever? I mean, which I can. Sure. <laughs> but, um, and you I, will. I, and we will. Yeah. But I think, uh, I, I really think there's, what limits me is just, is knowledge and understanding of that. And, you know, that's, that's where I would start with. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you, what knowledge is it that you want? Because there's lots of knowledge about mm-hmm. lots of things. I think the the knowledge that we want to know is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're saying, yeah. is we want the truth about who God says we are. We want that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that That's it. It's yeah. knowing, and it's just more with him. And it's just delving deeper and keep getting deeper. And getting keep, deeper. And keep more understanding more. It's all there. It's all in us. It's all right here in the heart. Mm-hmm. How Andrew, I've heard him say, you know, it's, uh, what is it? 12 inches from your heart to your brain yeah. it's getting that knowledge and that wisdom from your heart to your head. Yes. And, uh, yes. and, uh, that there's a lot, of, there's a lot in that yes. and a lot of truth in that. And, uh, um, it's just getting, beginning to, to unpack what God has for us and who he is truly is. Cause I don't think we have a clue, Rick. And I, I think he's so much more in depth than our, our limitations here on earth. Uh, and I just I think there's so much more to him, mm-hmm. and it's all good. It's all good. And uh, and we're we're just beginning to unpack the box. You know, my dad, I've heard him say it for years and years. He's he's 73 years old, and he'll tell me, Mark, the more I learn, the more I realize I oh, don't know anything. That's exactly right. The and, less uh, I know, the more I learn, yeah. the less I know. Yeah. Yep. And I, I can't help but think there's there's so much wisdom and truth in that mm-hmm. because. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. So it's just that keeping that, keeping growing, keeping learning and understanding who God is, who we are. Who we are. And, in uh, Christ. Yes. In Christ. 
And that, that's where it all starts. You know what you're describing, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Steve Eaton talks about two sanctifications, yet still being one. When you are saved, when you accept Christ, you become completely sanctified. And then you spend the next 80 years learning what that means and accepting the fact that learning what it means to be sanctified. And each step gets us a little closer to believing the truth about our sanctification. We have it all. Yeah. That's, that's what Second Peter 1, 3 says, yeah. that we have everything we need for life and godliness yeah. through his divine power. Yeah. Not because of anything I've done, but because of everything he's done. And so we're in this process of learning the truth about how complete we already are. Yeah. Isn't that a great message? It is. It is. And it, there's so much truth there. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is such you, a you great. You said accepting. Yeah. And <laughs> being able to accept, accept it. And yeah, there's, wow. Yeah. yeah. That is good stuff. That is good stuff. And when I asked you how you hear God, and you said music. Are there any other ways? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, it's just in my heart. Yeah. You know, he says my people will know my voice. Mm-hmm. When he's speaking, when I shut up enough, you know, I, I, you just, in your heart, you just know, you know, and mm-hmm. and in your mind, you'll just, maybe it's a thought just running through my head, and then there'll be a correction. And it's nothing harsh or nothing. No, never. But it's just like, no, Mark, it's 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 this or it's that. And, yeah. and I know, or let's go this way. Yeah, I know absolutely. <laughs> and I know absolutely right in that moment, I know it's him. And I know he's speaking to me. And I, I know, he, man, he spoke to me through country songs and whatever. Yeah. But there'll be a line and he'll take that line and just blow me away. Yeah. Because awesome. I will know absolutely it's not that artist in that moment singing but it's him speaking to me and he'll do it through music. He'll do it. But you know, just a car drive home, you know, and you're just sitting there maybe in a little bit of quiet and a little silence and he'll just talk to you. Yeah. That's awesome. It's just, that's, that's it. That's the truth. What do you do for fun? Uh, chase kids to games right at the moment. Um, (laughs) no, uh, you know, life has become, you know, and we've allowed it to be get that way. We get so busy, but, uh, what I enjoy most is I really do. I enjoy watching my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I get so much joy out of that. Um, I love shooting guns. I don't know if that's appropriate to say or not. Sure, but, it's appropriate. Yes, you know it's and my boys they love them. So we go shoot. We love it. And I'll, I'll I buy these guns and I buy all the ammo. I'll go out and shoot a few rounds through every gun, and then I'm just sit back and watching my kids. Mm-hmm. And there, that brings me the greatest joy. And uh, Hannah, my daughter, she's getting ready to join club volleyball so that's gonna be a new experience for us but watching her play you know i get so irritated and frustrated sometimes i feel like oh she's just you're being lazy out there and i want to <laughs> i want to yell at her and coach her and but then i just sit back and think you know what no i love her she's having she's fun. she's having yeah. she's having fun out yeah. there that's all that matters to me and you know no matter what they're doing i get more joy out of just watching my kids sure and i probably learn more about the father through watching my kids mm-hmm than I could have any other Absolutely. way is that, uh, there's nothing like, I love my parents. You know, yeah. I love my brothers. I love my sister and, and I would do anything for any of them. But my kid, man, watching them and knowing the, the pride, mm-hmm. the, the, the great joy I have in watching them. I, I just can't help but think I really am on God's refrigerator. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he really does have a picture of me. He really does love me. Mm-hmm. If I can be this joyful watching my kids shoot a gun, laughing at them every time they miss that clay pigeon. And even though they did better than me, even though Adam <laughs> out shoots me every time and I won't, I won't shoot against him anymore. Yeah. Um, if I can have that much joy just in, in enjoying them. Then wow. How much more does my heavenly father have? So, I mean, that's, that's helped me grow a whole lot too. I mean, just the experiences in life, man. Where did you grow up? Fairview, Oklahoma. Fairview, way west. Way west, northwest yeah. Oklahoma. I used to do art shows in Fairway, yeah. Fairview. Yeah, you know what? It's a little religious town. I wouldn't go back to live there for, my, for mm-hmm. the world right now, but it's home and it'll always be home. Yeah. The people there are good people. Yeah, they um, are good people. And uh, my parents are still up there. Uh, we still get up there to visit them as much as we can. Yeah. That's yeah. close to the Cimarron River, isn't it? Not too, yeah, yeah. Yep, not too far away. Yeah. So it's we love it. We We, we go home. And it'll always be home. Yeah. I'll never live there again, but it'll always be home. Right. And uh, like I said, so it was a good experience growing up. But yeah. little little religious town, and I, sometimes I wish they could, you know, know God the way I know Him. Yeah. I know they know God, but mm-hmm. I don't. They don't have that personal relationship. All of them. Now that's a broad statement, and I shouldn't make it that way. But yeah. I just wish all of them could could know could know Him the way I know Him, and know Him how good He is, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I get blessed every time I go home because I see my parents who are both in their 70s now, and and they've uh, kind of deconstructed their uh, their beliefs and they're regrowing in, in oh, grace. that's and, great. And they've been going through it the whole time, the whole process we've been doing it. They've been doing the same thing, only they had umpteen more years to to get rid of, you know. Right. So, but it's— To unlearn. Yeah, to unlearn. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's, it's beautiful. And we can go and sit and have— long conversations with them and it's fun. That's awesome. That is awesome. How did you meet your wife? <laughs> I met her at UCO. Um, we went to a thing called rock U, which was done by church on the rock on campus mm-hmm. um, at UCO. So that's where I met her and I met her on her birthday. And, uh, you know, I, I liked her almost instantly. I don't think she knew I existed for a little bit, but, um, you know, then we, uh, we got become pretty good friends uh, through through that, and you know that that's you know God used a pretty you, know, you look back on it now it's a pretty religious kind of organization, but mm-hmm. he used it to bring the best thing in my life to me, mm-hmm. and uh, that woman's seen me through a lot and put up with me through a lot that she shouldn't have well, because most that people about, wouldn't. You we know? can say that about all our wives. <laughs> so you know, so we yeah we met through a little Christian campus thing at UCO and. Uh, yeah, you know, so you can look back at even all the religious things in your life, and you see where God God, uses God used it, yeah. and uh, and it was a good time for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so that's that's where we met. Yeah, that's great story, great story. Um, dead air. We, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm yeah. thinking. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? Man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Um, man, I don't really know, Rick. I just, I, I guess if you had something written on your tombstone, I just, you know, David pursued God. Um, I guess I just want to be known as, you know, he wasn't a perfect man, but he loved God. Mm -hmm. That's great. Ultimately. And you know, uh, I've never, never will claim to be perfect or even good, but, 
I know because of Jesus I am. And uh, that's, I just, I want people to know, I guess if I'm remembered, is that Mark, Mark loved, he loved the Lord, he loved mm-hmm. Jesus. That was, even through his failures, that was his, his one thing. Yeah. That's, that's I, a lot. I don't know beyond that what there is. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the purposes for this podcast, Inside the Mad Box, neither one of us are famous people. And we're just normal guys with the same problems that every other man deals with. But this is a place where we can come and talk about it. This is a place where we can come and share our weaknesses and God's strength to other guys who may be going through the same thing. I really appreciate you coming. I appreciate your transparency. Um, And I I, thank you. No, it's, It's been a pleasure. It's been so fun. Loved it. Thank you. Yep. This is Inside the Man Box. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Actually, we won't see you, but we'll talk to you next time.